and welcome back to Think Green with your host, the Inner Sustainability Council, aka ISC. I'm Chelsea. I'm Jenny. I'm Liv. And I'm Ilma. In this episode, we'll be talking about minimalism. Okay, so just a little bit about the background and philosophy behind minimalism. Minimalism is a way to make conscious decisions on the way you live your life, typically with respect to the material possessions in your life. Um, There's a popular blog called The Minimalists, and they kind of describe minimalism as a tool to rid yourself of life's excess in favor of focusing on what's important so you can find happiness, fulfillment, and freedom. And minimalism just encourages the individual to think about what brings you happiness, joy, value, and fulfillment. Is it really your material possessions? Lots of people who have subscribed to minimalism have said that it's good for their mental health and quality of life and has really changed their life. One YouTuber that I personally like, her name is Kelly Stamps, um, has a video titled Minimalism Cured My Depression, where basically she says that the lifestyle that she wanted for herself was to be able to move around um, all across the world, well, for right now, America. Um, and experience different places, and a lack of physical objects in her possession allow her to do this. But aside from that, she also cut out non-physical things that weren't making her happy, like fake friends, dating, and other like social norms. And a popular statement that went around um, was, does it spark joy by Marie Kondo? And this is kind of like one of the tenets of minimalism, like what in your life sparks joy for you? And if you want to get into minimalism, there's lots of different ways to start. Um, There's a bunch of 30-day challenges you can try, um, a bunch of questions you can keep in the back of your mind when you are participating in consumerist behavior, like, do I really need it? Will I use it often? Where will I store it? Um, Do I have something like this already? You can also do something called an unpacking party And basically an unpacking party is where you pack up all your belongings into boxes like you're moving and you just unpack what you find yourself needing as you like live your life. And you may find that there's a lot of stuff that you don't actually need. And another thing that you could do is remove one item from your possession a day for 30 days and kind of reevaluate yourself at the end of the 30 days and see how you're feeling and you know, is there more items you could give away? Do you need to get some items back? And if you're interested in learning more about minimalism through like like documentaries, there's two documentaries on Netflix um, the fr- about minimalism. The first one is called A Documentary About the Important Things. And in this one, um, the main point is that you don't have to get rid of things that give you joy. The goal in minimalism is not to have as minimal things as possible, but only to have what is of value to you, the individual. So there's one person from the blog, The Minimalists, named Ryan. And in an attempt to quickly convert to minimalism, because his friend was having success with minimalism, he packed up all of his things and did kind of like what I was saying earlier about the unpacking party. And from this, he saw what he actually used and what he didn't use, and that helped him kind of transition into minimalism. And the other documentary is called Less Is Now, and one of the main points I took away was to kind of like 
be a minimalist, you have to reevaluate your dreams and your identity outside of consumerism and brands. So one quote from that documentary is, I might have been living the American dream, but it wasn't my dream. Um, and so just this idea of like, what do you like really want from your life outside of like what brands have projected onto you and made you think that you want? And freedom of choice being an illusion is something that Liv will talk about later. So both of the documentaries Oma mentioned that are on Netflix are by the same duo called The Minimalists. Um, but there are a ton of other resources about minimalism um, all over YouTube and the internet. Um, kind of a rabbit hole that's very easy to go down. Um, it's also very important to note that um, minimalism doesn't necessarily mean this like extreme lifestyle of giving away all of your things that you don't absolutely need. Like there are things that people keep for sentimental value that aren't necessarily practicality. You can also just apply this minimalist philosophy to your lifestyle. So things like, you know, like cleaning out your desktop is also something, or cleaning out your email is also in its way, a form of minimalism. Um, it's also important to note that minimalism, minimalist living is a privilege. So a lot of people, you'll see like stories or documentaries about um, people who go into like this extreme form of minimalist living. And a lot of times there are people who have reached a certain point in their life. So they've hit that like, yeah, that like American dream, like six figure salary, big house lifestyle and everything. And then they realize that this isn't what they want. So that idea that money doesn't necessarily buy happiness. And so that's when they'll scale back and um, start this more of a minimalist lifestyle. So it's obviously very important to recognize that this isn't accessible for everybody, but also that it's not necessary for people's lives. Um, also, it's important to note that um, being able to make lifestyle changes and having the flexibility to do this is a luxury. So for example, a lot of times people who live more minimalist um, lifestyles will buy less but more expensive clothing. And so that's obviously a price point that's not accessible to everybody. And it's also not sustainable for you to suddenly turn around and start your minimalist lifestyle by getting rid of everything you have and then buying like completely new like designer things. It's more the idea of applying this philosophy to your lifestyle in little ways than trying to embrace this like extreme new lifestyle. So for example, currently what I'm trying to do is buy less like fast fashion consumer items um, and instead saving that money um, and then buying less of like some more sustainable brand that I know will last longer. So that's embracing a form of minimalism because not only am I buying less, so I have less items, but it's also something that I will get to wear more. So that's more sustainable because it will get more use. Um, because I've been saving money, it'll be something that is more well manufactured. And in that way, it's also more sustainable. And just to switch gears a little bit, I'm sure you all know this, but we're currently living in a capitalist and con consumer society. Um, everywhere you look, things are trying to be sell, um, sold to you. Um, it's gone to the point where technology has gotten smart enough to predict and recommend things that you'd like. Um, if you're interested in more about the social media advertising and algorithm aspect, I do recommend this documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And it kind of goes more into how algorithms work to keep you drawn to technology on your phone. 
just to bounce off what Liv was talking about, about this consumerist society, it's important to really start a conversation about minimalism because there is a lot that has been ingrained into our brains. When I originally um, was thinking about the topic because I knew we were going to make a podcast on it, I was thinking, you know, it seems like a pretty basic idea and it is fundamentally, it's just do you really use the item that you're purchasing or is it really adding significant value or is it filling a necessity? Um, But we've been programmed for um, a lot of us over the entirety of our lives um, to think that in order to be happy, we need to buy something and we need to have a certain um, type of item or a certain brand of item And so minimalism is intentionally recognizing that and that we've been designed to feel like we need stuff, but we don't actually necessarily need a lot of the stuff that we are buying. And by recognizing this and incorporating that into lifestyle choices, that's where we can shift our happiness and also our impact on the planet. And kind of just to continue off what Jenny was saying, um, the very concept that she was talking about is one called cultural recycling. And this is a concept that Jean Boudiard, a French cultural theorist, thought up in his um, work, The Consumer Society. I'm just gonna read a quick excerpt that kind of explains this a little bit, but it starts, quote, everyone that does not wish to fall behind must update their knowledge, their expertise. If they do not, they are not true citizens of the consumer society. Um, And kind of just to keep going off of that, it's gotten to this point where there's this pressure to always be up to the minute. And this is um, with material goods, but also technology and social media. Um, If we're talking about commodities, um, social media is very relevant because it's spreading the knowledge um, that we're currently talking about and it's spreading the trends. If you don't know what's going on, you're not actively engaging and being a member of the society, or you can end up out of the loop. And I think that's a hard thing to swallow at first, but it's really not a bad thing. Um, I think being out of the loop is actually really nice sometimes. Um, I just wanted to also bring up that minimalism was actually, um, I think the the vocabulary terming minimalism was an originated with an art movement in the 1960s and 1970s. And this was a movement that was really a rebellion against the fine art of the time. Um, And this was your traditional intricate fine art. Minimalist living could be considered a movement against the mainstream in itself because it's really pushing against this programmed mentality that's been pushed by advertising companies that buying new items is essential. the different applications of the concept of minimalism run in parallel really because rebelling against what is considered standard expands the options of how to choose your perspective on what is good and bad and this really allows for unexpected happiness with um less and we're talking about our current consumer society commodities now reflect our social status and how we're seen we see this through branded products and the preference to buy branded products rather than choosing to purchase an off-brand product that may have or serve the same function as said branded product. And personally, I find this funny because it probably serves the same function. And there was this, I just kind of want to talk about this real quick. There was this 
um, class simulation that we did where my teacher showed us a picture of branded products, but there was no names there and a picture of plants. And we were given the task to identify each product. Nobody in the class could identify any of the plants listed and we could only identify the brands. So we see how, I guess, important brands have become within this consumer society, which again, I think is kind of crazy. Um, and kind of just to further elaborate on that, there was this journal I found by Ankita Singe um, in her journal called Capitalism, Consumers in a Popular Culture that brings up a point about advertisers creating a demand for products that are not necessarily in demand. Again, I'm gonna read an uh, excerpt real quick. Quote, why do we have tens of companies manufacturing one product which has one basic utility that of cleansing? The advertisements target different aspects of their products. In the cases of soaps, germs can only be killed by Lifebuoy, smooth skin can only be achieved by Dove, and celebrity like beauty can only be attained using Lux. The irony lies in the fact that all of these brands mentioned belong to the same company, HUL, the umbrella organization, which is responsible for pulling the strings. These brands are advertising in a way that a false sense of competition is created and these artificially diversified products then govern the consumption. And I kind of wanted just to share this quote because there are a lot of companies that own a variety of brands and we don't even know it. And there's this attention being drawn that they're actually um, competing products. But I think a good example of this is with several cleaning products such as Tide, Gain, Downy, Bounce, and Sheer. These are all owned by one org um, known as Procter & Gamble or PNG. And the funny thing is that this isn't even all the brands that they own. They own a whole line of hair cleaning products, another brand of cleaning um, products as well. And so we see that there's these brands, big brands like Tide and Gain, which are um, advertised in a way to look like they're competing against each other when in reality, they're owned by the same brand. But I just wanted to share these articles in particular just to show how much our consumer impulses are shaped by the institutions of power and the media that is surrounding us now. Thanks, Liv. Um, I think it's really crazy to think about how twisted it all is in a way. Let's transition a little bit into um, a talk about minimalism and sustainability to wrap things up. Um, I think it's important to remember that at this point, companies like Amazon and even going to a store, it really makes us lose the the zoomed out picture of what the actual life cycle of a product is. We see a snippet of a very long chain of events and a lot of different energy being put into the creation of one item. So for example, when something arrives on my doorstep from Amazon, I don't see the extraction of the raw material. I don't see the workmen ship being put into creating that item or the machine being used to produce that item. And I don't even see the delivery trucks. I see what's on my doorstep. And I think really reflecting on the source is how minimalism and sustainability really go hand in hand. So thinking about 
what is the raw material that's being used? How is it being handled by who? What are the working conditions for who is making it? So really looking at these types of full cycle components. And then, then again, how is it being disposed of, which is a big conversation that we've talked about in previous podcasts. So using, as, as Chelsea was mentioning, using your money to really determine the market. So instead of purchasing an item developed at Target, for example, that was produced by a machine with um, not responsibly sourced materials, saving up that money and purchasing from a, a small brand, um, a, a small sustainable brand like Everlane, or there's a lot that are actually becoming pretty trendy on the internet, but it really not only consolidates what you're buying, but it makes sure that your money is going to something that's promoting good trends in um, production. Um, I wanted to spend a little time talking about trends to finish this out. Um, the minimalist aesthetic is actually a really trendy thing to replicate in your home. And people actually spend a lot of money if they have the faculties to to lay out their houses in a way that's appealing in terms of that minimalist white wall, simple furniture aesthetic. And this is a trend that we really wanna try to avoid because it's like we were mentioning before, it's buying more. The concept of minimalism that we're referring to is really just eliminating and then not buying initially. So it's not purchasing things to be a minimalist. It's just stopping before you buy something, reducing. There's also some negative trends involved with life changes that we were talking about in preparation for this podcast, such as going to college. When you go to college, there are these lists that you can find all over the internet of everything you need. I remember doing this and then printing it out and checking them off at the Bed Bath & Beyond or wherever you're going. And a lot of the stuff you don't really need or it's better to wait and see what you do need and then go buy it than, than trying to prepare for stuff that you're not even sure you're gonna need stuff for. Um, so yeah, try to avoid those college dorm lists um, try to think about your lifestyle and what actually benefits your own personal needs. And then ask a friend if they have something before you buy something. <laughs> yeah, there um, were so many things on my like college move-in list that I've probably never used in the three years I've been adamant in about it though. I was like <laughs> so intent on like using one of those. And now for the best topic of the whole podcast, trends that are good, including tiny houses and van life and earth ships. And we obviously are super into these and might make individual podcasts on these topics, but does anyone want to share their favorite? Well, personally, I'm obsessed with earth ships. I can't speak today. I'm obsessed with earth ships. Um, if you haven't heard about these houses, they're houses built with non-recyclable materials so for example people will take like tires or bottles and use those to help build the walls and all that good stuff but we're gonna link some videos of our favorite 
guess, trends if you'd like to see more? Mine is personally van life. Um, I don't watch as many van life videos as I used to like during the summer, but um, one van lifer that I really like, um, her name is Janelle Eliana and she's actually pretty big on YouTube. Like her her channel hit like a million subscribers really quickly, um, but she uh, lives in California and she has like a really cute like Volkswagen van and lives in her van with her pet snake Alfredo. Um, and she's just, you know, she's relatable to like adult, young adults like us. So definitely give, give her videos a watch. She has one where she's actually in, in like the La Jolla area, um, and goes snorkeling in La Jolla Cove. So if you miss La Jolla, watch one of her videos. And I actually stumbled upon this YouTuber, um, a couple days ago. The YouTuber is named the Cur- That Curly Top. And they also are a San Diego-based um, YouTuber who does a lot of, like, sustainability stuff, but they also preach about, um, you know, making sure to buy less before you, like, thrift. Like, just because you're thrifting doesn't mean you can just go crazy and buy whatever you want. Um, and, yeah, those are my also- favorites. Yeah, I also really love van life, but more for it's like accessibility to the outdoors. So like everyone knows Alex Honnold, the super famous rock climber, right? He literally would live in his van because it was the only, like for the sole reason that it was the easiest way to get to remote places that he wanted to climb and then spend the most time there. Um, so that's another like thing that I see as a really big perk of van life, but also that there's so many different like price points to van life like you'll see people who literally live in like the back of their Subaru with like a couple of boxes and like a sleeping bag and then you also see like the tricked out vans that you can tell were like tens of thousands of dollars to make but it's very versatile lifestyle I think I even saw like people start to buy buses people might start buying um what is it FedEx the FedEx vans because they they're updating them so there might be put on the markets soon so that they can convert those into vans to live in. I saw someone who bought an old ambulance and was living out of that. Well, clearly we could talk about all of our favorite sustainable trends forever. Um, But we're going to have to close this off here because um, we all have to go to class. Um, But thank you so much for listening and tune in next time. (laughs) 